You are listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. hospitality and here's what's so fun you have been already experiencing the very hospitality of God yes I absolutely love and when when pastor Kent right before he came up here the Lord was ministering to me saying I am singing a song of deliverance over my people that's what he was saying to me a song of deliverance over my people I'm so glad I'm so glad I've spent time with the Lord actually one day I specifically said to the Lord I want to hear your song of deliverance over me. And while it comes in the word all the time, I knew that there was a song specifically over me that the Lord just wanted to birth, and it turned into like an hour of me on my living room floor, uh, hallelujah, and then words coming forward of his song of deliverance over me. Yeah, I'm so glad. We have a good God, hallelujah. I am fired up. Okay, I have so much to give you. I really do. And so I said to the Lord, I said, it's too much. It's too much. It's too much. And he said, no, what we're going to do is just go for it. You can take notes like a mad machine or go back actually and listen is what you need to do. That's actually what you need to do because so many times we need to hear something that the Lord is doing like over and over and over again to let him begin to unravel what he's wanting to say. So this is going to be one of those. So even in the middle of it, if you're taking notes and you're like, it's so much, I'm going to stop. That's okay. Just listen. Just listen and receive what the Lord has for you. And then you can go back later on and say, I'm going to listen and I'm going to finish up and I'm going to listen again and I'm going to get some more because it's super fun that way. Okay, here we go. Oh, actually, let's just pray. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your hospitality towards us. God, as we enter in to just hearing your heart, God speaking about your presence, I thank you, Father God, that we have been experiencing this morning a manifested presence of you. Father God, we praise you and we thank you for the healing that has come forward onto people's bodies. And God, together, we praise you and we thank you for the more testimonies that are coming in right now in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that all the solution has been given to us and that we walk forward in life fully empowered and fully equipped to do every work that you have called us to in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, so here we go. Core values. We've been talking about them. So I'm going to give you the definition just in general for hospitality. The friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, and strangers. That sounds like something. We could just imagine Oxford Dictionary going and look it up. So it's this invitation to guests, to strangers is what's going on. A generous one, though, a friendly one. Okay, so this is something that the Lord was painting a picture for me to actually talk about hospitality. So here's our hospitality statement. But listen to something I'm going to tell you before we actually read. Our here at OCI, Pastor Ken has actually spent a tremendous amount of time asking the Lord about statements that go with the core values for you to grab a hold of as decrees. Decrees for us, actually. So that's actually what we're doing is we're decreeing something out. Here's a picture that the Lord wants me to go with you on today. Is it's a picture of to be able to do hospitality, we have to have somebody to do hospitality too, and somebody has to do the hospitality. 
So I'm going to give you a picture of host and guest. And we're going to kind of travel through that as we talk about hospitality. So this picture of us being the people that hosts the presence of God. And some things we're gonna talk about will feel like, oh, this is very much specific to the church. And then, but an in general thing is what I want you to think about right now, about a lifestyle of hospitality, not just a moment of hospitality, but an all-in lifestyle of hospitality where you're saying to the Lord, I want to be a host of your presence. And there's people that are guests And here's the things about the guests that the Lord was showing me. So picture people in the world that do not know things about God. They don't know who they are in Christ. They don't really even understand fully. They maybe know some things about Jesus. Maybe they've never accepted him. We could go on and on and on. But picture those people as guests, okay? And here's the only difference between a host of the presence of God and a guest. The guest doesn't know they can be a host. That's the only difference. (laughs) Like the Lord is like, I need my people to host my presence in this very hospitable way. So literally to the guests of the world, because they just don't understand yet that they too are a host of his presence. There's awakening upon us. There's awakening upon us. And there's a thing that the Lord wants us to do. And again, there's some things we'll talk about specific just towards the church. But there is a thing upon us. It's not a thing. There is a presence of God. Everybody say presence of God. (laughs) There is a presence of God upon me that goes out to everyone in need. Every single thing in need. That means everywhere I go, I get to go change the atmosphere. I'm going to get ahead of of myself. I get to change the atmosphere because I am hosting the presence of God. And I can do this anywhere that I go. And I actually absolutely love that. That is the Lord's heart over us. Okay, so let's read this statement right here. So it says, I will make any effort necessary. Any effort any effort necessary, whether they deserve it or not, (laughs) whether they're friendly or not, (laughs) whether I feel like they're difficult or not, I will make any effort necessary to walk with a heart of hospitality to all who come in our doors. I will give them a warm welcome into our church and into my life. So there's a picture of here, how we'll operate, how we do operate as a church, but there's a picture of just my life, my life all of the time, because we're called to go. We're called to get up and to go out with what we have received from the Lord. So that's actually the core value here of hospitality here at OCI. So you guys can pull that down if you want. So I want to talk through, and I'm going to boogie through a bunch of things really quick here. So um, keys to living Uh, hospitality on earth here. So I've already mentioned some things here, but Jesus was the host for the presence of God on earth. Will you guys pull up John 6, 38 for me? So Jesus himself shows us a lifestyle of hospitality in everything that he did. He was a man that actually needed, he was the son of God, but he also was a man who needed the very presence of God. He needed the very Holy Spirit upon his life to be able to empower him to operate out how the Lord wanted him to do it on earth. We have that same thing towards us. Yes, thank you, Jesus. We have that towards us. So I want to read this verse, six, uh, John 6, 38. 
And Jesus says, for I have come down from heaven and not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So here right away is the picture of Jesus says, I have come down. The door of heaven has been opened through him. And we now live under an open heaven. So that work's been accomplished. Thank you, Jesus. But Jesus is saying here, I'm coming to do the will of the Father. I love that. And so this is a posture. We talk about this all the time at OCI. The posture of our heart. Is it lining up with what God is saying in his word? So are we actually saying to the Lord here, me too. Me too, just as Jesus did, that I am here on this earth to do the will of the Father. And I will tell you what, while he loves relationship with us and he has goodness and grace upon grace to pour out onto our lives, it is so that we can give it out. It is. (laughs) So this is Jesus. Literally, he understands. He's like, this is not about me. (laughs) This is actually, I understand the will of the Father. So I'm going to go do the most selfless things. And hey, listen, we don't have to die on the cross. Who's glad about that? We are asked to pick up our cross, though, and to carry it which is this lifestyle of hospitality before men. So I love that Jesus laid that out for us. There's this quote by Billy Graham, and he says, For the believer there is hope beyond the grave, because Jesus Christ has opened the door to heaven for us by his death and resurrection. I love that. This picture of Jesus has literally shown the hospitality of all of us onto the earth by opening up the door. This is all access for us now. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, so let's read John 14, 10 through 11. Is it up there? So John 14, 10 through 11. Tell me when it's there, guys. Or I'm going to go on. Okay, I'm going on. John 14, 10 through 11. Go back and just write that down somewhere. So here you see Jesus saying, Do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. And so Jesus is literally saying here, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. He's literally telling us where his authority comes from. And this is important for us to understand this picture of how God sees us and how we represent the Father here on the earth. This is so much of what we're actually doing. This is what life is actually about for us, is representing Jesus Christ. And Jesus understood who he was representing. And so now when we look at all of the things that Jesus was doing, we're like, Jesus wasn't doing anything on his own. Jesus was actually doing what the Father's will was. So we can look at the life of Jesus and the hospitality of Jesus towards people, and we can say, I see the Father in all of this. And I can do what Jesus has done. And Jesus understood where his authority came from. And I understand where my authority comes from to be able to walk out and represent, represent, represent to represent over and over and over again to people the heart of the Father. This is what he's asking us to do. This is why Jesus hosted the presence of God is because he said, I am going to represent the Father on earth. The people have to have it. And we all know, thank you, Jesus, that he did. But here we are. This is our turn. 
where we literally say, I'm accepting what Jesus did and the hospitality of Jesus, and I'm too going to represent it. I'm going to represent it to the world. So thank you, Jesus. Okay. So let me tell you this one. We're not going to pull it up. So again, these are some things you're just going to like write down so that you can go back to them later. So Luke 4, 18, Jesus is saying, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the liberty, to set a liberty, those who are oppressed. Thank you, Jesus. We can so clearly see from the word of God what Jesus understood what he was here to do. And that same commission is upon our lives to be doing the same thing, the representing of the father and what he said wanted done here on the earth. Okay, so here's a couple things I want to talk about here. So Romans 12, 3, if you guys can get that one ready and pull that one up for me. So this is important to understand about Jesus. Picture the things that you know how he went and went around all of the time. And here's something I'm going to tell you, is that Jesus didn't show hospitality in the confines of his house. You want to know why? Because he knew he didn't have one. (laughs) He knew where his house was. He understood his home. And he actually said he goes there to prepare a place for us, is what he says. So Jesus literally understood where his home was, and he didn't operate from the confines of a house because he didn't have one. So let me say something to you right here. So Romans 12, 3, for I say, oh, that's not the verse I have. Okay, so ditch that one. Maybe it's not Romans 12, 3, but I'm going to go back and look it up later. Here's what I want you to write down. You can go back and figure out where it is in the Bible. It's no problem. Sometimes that happens. I wrote a lot of verses down for you guys, okay? So I copied something else and different. So this is a scripture, though. It says, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. So contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. So I wanted you to see that part from the word. And literally, when we look at this picture of hospitality, it's actually talking about love to strangers, Like, this is the heart of the Father. When we know how to come in and to be into the presence of things with God, he will show, and just like here this morning, beautiful, thank you, Father, that he shows his constant presence upon our lives. But so we know how to sit into this place and be in communion with the Lord. So here, this is a picture of where it actually is saying to contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality to actually love strangers. So this is something we're actually commissioned to do. So also, Jesus didn't complain. So 1 Peter 4, 9, I love this. <laughs> I have a lot of teenagers that come to my house all of the time. <laughs> and I do love it, but like mine are grown. Actually, kids, kids in general. I love having kids, 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 kids. It's the season we are in. And I will tell you, sometimes they're messy. Sometimes they eat all the food in the house. And I go back later on and I'm like, so where did my cinnamon rolls go? I don't know. They got eaten. Where did this awesome zucchini bread that Miss Mary made me? It got eaten. The teenagers ate it. I got one slice, one slice of that. And that's just the reality of it, that sometimes it's a bit messy. But this is an important scripture actually for us to look at. First Peter 4, 9 says, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Yes. Do we think Jesus grumbled about anything he did? He absolutely did not. He gave, and he gave, and he gave, and he gave. And the word of God says that he gives seed to the sower. And so as we just continue to give out, and to give out, 
and to give out. The Lord continues to just pour in, pour in, pour in. I love it. I love it. Okay, here's another one I want to read to you. So Matthew 25, 4. Matthew 25, oh, I'm sorry, Matthew 25, 40. Elijah's looking at me like, that's not what I had. Matthew 25, 40. And the king will answer and say to them, as surely, surely I say to you, and as much as you did to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. So isn't this such a good, beautiful picture when we're thinking about walking around with the presence of God and living out hospitality that Jesus is actually saying, if you did it to them, you did it to me. I know we have heard this before, but I need constant reminder. Anybody else need a constant reminder? Because we get fleshy. We come and we want to put ourselves into this like bubble and into this box, and I feel uncomfortable, and this feels messy, and this is requiring a lot of me. But then I go back to this place, and I'm like, thank you, Father God, that I am someone who has said yes to you, that I'm going to host your presence, that I understand what you have given me, Father, and I'm going to walk it out before men. I'm going to do it happily. I'm going to do it warmly. I'm going to do it without grumbling or complaining. Because, Father, I understand that everything I'm doing, I'm doing it as I'm doing it unto you. That is so important for us to know that. Because people get messy. People get messy. And here's the thing. The Lord wants us to actually have a picture of people. This is the thing about what's going on in the world. Actually, it's not just going on in the world. This is just people. This is just people. This is the mercy and grace we all need to display all the time towards each other, but especially to people who are not woken up to who they are in Christ, that they do not yet understand that they can move from a host to a guest, is the Lord literally wants to move in us to be able to move through us. This is what needs to be going on all the time, every day in our life, and I need a constant reminder of it because I'll tell you what, Sometimes it gets really hard. Sometimes we get a little tired or a little worn out. But that's where we go back into the things with the Lord because we know how. And we say, renew my mind. <laughs> my strength is from you. I'm going to go forward and I'm going to do what it is that you asked me to do. People would actually say to me that I have a lot of endurance. I have had people say that to me. So on such a personal note, the Lord has put that on me. But I, in, I'm in this place with him where I say to him, it is not about me. And I don't do it perfectly. My husband's in here. I don't do it perfectly because sometimes I want to be like, no, I don't think that's it. I don't want to do that. I don't want it to be that way. I'm tired. I don't want to go there. Blah, blah, blah. It's just excuses. That's all that it is. But I understand that endurance for me to run forward with what God has called me to means me acknowledging that I host the presence of God and that he has asked me to go freely give out what has freely been given to me. It doesn't actually have to be much more complicated than that. This is a choice on our part. And you guys have heard this, the phrase of like, my four and no more, me, my four and no more. Or like Johnson's could say like, me and my like 16 people or something and no more, 14 people and no more. But it's a real mentality for us to switch and to say, no, I host the presence of God. And he has put his presence on me. And I will tell you, this is a choice as to whether or not he can operate through you. This is it. Like the presence of God is in you, but that does not mean that the presence of God is working through you. <laughs> and so that can be a little tough 
to actually hear, but all of us would want to say before the Lord, I want to not only host your presence, but I want to give out to other people the purpose of me hosting your presence. (laughs) It's actually to host it, to see him work in us, to see him work through us. Okay, hallelujah. Oh, this is so fun. Okay, so Matthew... Oh, no, wait, that's not, that one's on it. We did that one already. Um, Hebrews 13, 2. Tell me when it's there. So Jesus entertained angels as the son of man. I want to make a point to you right here. So Hebrews 13, 2, I'm going to show you a couple of things. One we're actually going to read. It says, do not forget to entertain strangers for by doing, for by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Can you literally imagine that? So this is a promise, like from the word of God, that the Lord is saying, like, this is part of the package deal right here. And Jesus actually understood this. I'm going to read you something else here, too. We actually talked about, we have Growth Track 301 that we're doing right now. And it's absolutely, it's absolutely so fun. It's absolutely so fun. I was absolutely so excited last week when we did class. We broke up into a bunch of, like, tables, and we talked out maybe some awkward or, like, difficult conversations we might run into. People were practicing hosting people. That's literally what we were doing, and we threw difficult things at them on purpose just to make the practice be really, really good. And I loved the welcoming invitation that constantly was going on at the table from the people of me into their life because they understood they were hosting the presence of God. And this is like such a beautiful picture of opening doors and showing people where to go and um, the things that the Lord thinks for them and that he has over them and plans and purposes over their life. It's an unfolding that begins to go on when we recognize we host the presence of God. So I absolutely love that class. People in there are doing an absolutely amazing job. Okay, so here's a scripture I want to read to you out of John 1. I do not want to, we're not going to pull this up. I'm going to read it to you, and I want you to look down for it later on. So this is still about um, Jesus entertained angels as the Son of Man. So Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus said to him, Before Philip called you, You are under the fig tree. I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. So hear that part right there. So he's recognizing that Jesus is, in fact, the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter, you shall see heavens open and angels of a God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So Jesus, he was recognized as the Son of God. And now Jesus is turning right back around and saying how he operates, that there's angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. And that's an identity that we speak to as children of God through Jesus Christ, but we're here in these fleshly bodies here on the earth, empowered by the same Holy Spirit to host the presence of God. And there are angels helping us. I love that. Literally, Jesus is saying, here we go. You're going to see him ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. And so when we're going out and we're doing what it is that the Lord is calling us to and hosting his presence, we have all that we need. 
We have the spirit of God on the inside of us working in us and through us, and we have angel help. I've never seen an angel. Maybe someday I will see an angel. It doesn't even matter. I know the word of God to be true, and I am so thankful that there is angel help. And I go back into this place even, and it says about showing kindness to strangers, and you may even be entertaining an angel without knowing it. We have a fun little story that I'm going to tell you really fast about this. So some people have already heard this, but we have this man named Peter. And some people in church pursued Peter. And he was always dressed in like these hot, hot clothes. Like it was summertime. And like he was in hot clothes. And you're just like, oh, Peter. So Peter, um, he never gave you like a whole lot of information. He was just kind of there. And you could see that there was need upon Peter. But people pursued him. Multiple people in the church had encounters with Peter out in the community. So Peter was here for a season. And people... um, fed him. (laughs) People purchased items for him, all unto the Lord, like separately. There was multiple working things, like Joyce and Jerry are nodding their heads, and like Ron and Wendy were part of that whole thing. Separate encounters going on with Peter. So Peter leaves, and he goes away from us. And then some months later, Tina actually is watching um, Sean Foyt. Is that how you say it? Foyt. So watching Sean Foyt. So does everybody know who he is? Like he's the worship leader. He's like out rocking around on the nation. So good. So Tina's watching one day and there's like a streaming going on of a crowd of a Sean Foyt concert. And so it streams and sure enough, there's Peter. And then it streams back. This is, where was it? Where was it at? In Colorado. Okay. So streams back, no more Peter. So just imagine, okay, oh, Peter. Oh, where did Peter go? (laughs) So fun time. Okay, so then fast forward a few more months later, um, Mark and I, we were actually going to um, Herman Hill to stay the night someplace for like a couple days just to get away. And we stopped in Washington, um, Missouri. And so we stopped in Washington. And I was like, let's just run into like, this Walmart and let's get snacks like because we like to eat you know I mean if you're going to go away for a few days I was really concerned I was like we're going to go away into this place and there's nothing around I gotta have food so so we go in to go get snacks okay so I walk in get everything I need and I'm coming back out and now listen I've never been in this Walmart I don't normally travel to this Walmart like this was a random stop okay So I'm coming back out of Walmart, and there's like an eatery place, and there's Peter (laughs) sitting there. And I I literally, I'm walking out the door, walking out the door, Mark's like next to me, and I was like, oh, 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 Peter. (laughs) I'm like, what is going on here? So I stop, and I talk to Peter, and I'm talking to Peter about Perryville, and I'm telling you, everything Peter's doing is just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, you know, and I'm like, Okay. I mean, it was like every time we had conversations with Peter, it was never anything. Like sometimes we were even like, he's like a Jamaican. He's Jamaican. And so I, he's more than Jamaican, but he's Jamaican here. He was representing a Jamaican. So I will just tell you, I will just tell you, I, I actually believe, I'm being serious with you, that there's things that we have said to the Lord, like just a, a little snippet of not despising prophecy and then seeking the Lord about prophecy. There's also a thing, it's about not angel worshiping, but an acknowledgement that they, we understand that they do operate and function around us. So I, this was such a fun encounter that I said to the Lord, I I think we just have encountered an angel and a whole bunch of people here in church actually got to experience it. So that was actually super, super fun. So, 
Okay, so let's keep going here. We're just talking about hosting the presence of God here on earth. So here's a couple pieces I want to say, and then Liz is going to come up, and she's going to help me with something. So we are hosts of the presence of God here on earth, and I want to talk about just authority for just a minute because it is so important that we understand that this is like the difference between um, probably you understand that you're in your house but you're not actually taking authority over things going on in your house. Can everybody track with me for that, with that for just a minute? So you can actually have like something that you possess, but you actually don't do anything to actually operate in it. You just let kind of whatever goes, goes on, go on, you know? So I, I would say, let me see if I can give you that analogy. I would, I'll give it to you like this that I've seen parenting go on, and I have had so many things with parenting that I have had to go back to the Lord and be like, I repent. <laughs> I repent, continue to teach me, continue to grow me, continue to show me. This is so important for all of us. But we could do this picture a little bit of how we could be parents over our house, and then our teenagers get to a certain age, and they start to kind of get a voice or whatever of their own, and so we just kind of stop. I actually have seen people just kind of stop parenting at that point, and it's kind of just whatever happens, happens. And this is like a, a picture for you of there's a difference between having something and you have possession of it, but then actually understanding your authority to continue to operate in that place. And the Lord actually wants us, and it's very important that when we're hosting his presence here on the earth, that we understand how it is that we do that how it is that we have authority to operate in. So I want to show you a couple things. We're not going to pull them up on the screen. Until I get to John 14, 12, that'll be where we pull up Elijah. Okay, so Matthew 16, 19, so Jesus literally says he has given, he's taken back the keys to the kingdom, and he has given them to us, okay? And in John 16, 12 through 15, it says, I still, Jesus is saying, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine, and he will declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine, and he will declare it to you. So this is how we walk around with the acknowledgement of we host the presence of God, that we actually have an authority that has been given to us to operate here on earth. We have been given the keys. What is Jesus's was actually declared to us. And this is so important for us to understand, like just this morning with what was going on in worship and what the Lord was like ministering, this is hosting the presence of God and understanding authority that we operate in to be able to see something that is out of order, that is not from the heart of God, and then say, oh, the keys of the kingdom have been given to me. The spirit of God is on the inside of me, and I now have the right legally. There's a legal right. It's important for us to understand our legal rights. We can just get a picture of law here on earth. We have legal rights. I have legal rights as a joiner in Christ and as an adopted, redeemed, chosen, forgiven, daughter of God, and keys have been given to me and I host the presence, I have the right to go unlock things here on earth that are not from the Lord. That's what we are absolutely praying about, 
worshiping about and receiving in the presence of God during worship. And it's, it's all the time. This is an all-the-time thing for the Father's heart towards us. This is the hosting of his presence for us to understand we are key holders because of what Jesus did. And as key holders, he's opened the door, okay? Heaven to earth, this has opened up. There are things here on earth that the Lord says, like, I have given this over to you. And I am saying to you, as you host my presence, we're going to unlock, 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 set free, see restoration, see healing come, see my will be done. All over. We've been given what it is already that we need to see that very thing happen. Oh, I love it. Thank you, Jesus. So what was Jesus, what was his, has been declared to us. It is mine. So here's another verse. 1 Corinthians 2.12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of of who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Come on. He gave us his spirit, and he says, this is what's going to continue on, my people. We're going to continue talking about this thing right now through my spirit and declaring about what has been freely given to you. I love to just stay in that place with the Lord. Like whatever it is that you have going on, we need to get into the word and get into the place with God and say, what have you said? What have you said? I'm going to declare it. I'm going to say it out of my mouth. I'm going to say it until I see it. This is the difference between seeing in the spirit and then seeing things actually come manifest. I will tell you right now, you need to see it in the spirit. (laughs) You need to see it in the spirit of what God has said so that you then can take that thing from the spirit and that thing and you begin to declare it out until you see it come to pass. I will tell you right now, and I don't know if my daughter's going to watch this, but she won't care. I've said very little, but this talking about prodigals coming home, my story, our story, my house story, my house story. She would actually be excited for me to share just this one little piece with you. She went out to university, and I knew when she was leaving, I was like, oh, Lord, lots, lots of lots going to go on there. And I began to pray. We begin to bathe her in prayer. We begin to declare promises of God that he has spoken to her from the time that he created her in my womb, that all of those things begin to come forward and come out. And I will tell you, that kid has taken a full turn. She's not even a kid. She is a powerful, mighty woman of God. And we just ain't seen nothing yet. (laughs) Like a day is coming with that. She says it to me right now. She prophesies over me. She prays over me. She hears from the Lord over me. And she has, she's actually says things to me that I'm like, you don't even know what you're saying right now. And I'm like, because you are hosting the presence of God. <laughs> That's totally it. But look at that joy. Can we not? Like, I love that picture right there, is that because she was willing to host the presence of God and not look at her own mess, I know everything about that kid. I mean, probably everything is enough. I know enough. (laughs) This is what's important. I know enough. Does does God not know enough? And I will tell you what my mother heart does is my mother heart goes, I don't even care. (laughs) Like, hallelujah. (laughs) Like you are talking with the voice of God into my life right now, and you understand who you are in him. And this is the direction you're going now. And this old thing has passed away and behold, the new has come. And that's what I want to hear. And that's what the Lord has to say about us. 
I have so much hope in my heart because of my own testimony of prodigals. I have so much hope in my heart. And Jesus, you know the story about the prodigal son? Is the father was looking from a long way off. I positioned myself like that. I said, I'm looking from a long way off. I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking out, and I'm going, oh, this, none of this looks like the Lord. That does, no, oh, don't do that. You know, like you want to put brakes on for someone. Like, that ain't it, though. She has her own Holy Spirit. So I begin to declare and say what the Lord said, and then I also hosted his presence in her life by only saying what the Lord said. The Lord literally began to deal with me and said, you want to see change here? You say only what I say. Set down your critical spirit, (laughs) and you're going to say just what I said. Because the truth of the word of God in people's lives is what brings freedom. The word of God says that we will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I love this. We don't have to like come in with all of our own picture and analogy when it comes to hosting the presence of God in the world unless it's totally wrapped up in the fact that our mind is renewed to truth. Just deliver truth to people and truth and love. And so what I began to do, it wasn't like, the Bible says you should not be doing that right now. That is sin. The truth actually in love was me speaking identity over her, my unconditional love over her, mercy and grace over her, hope over her, understanding the God of restoration that is working upon her life. And it is a beautiful thing to behold that woman of God right now. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so here's another thing I want to say to you, because we have not received (laughs) the spirit of the world, but we have received the spirit of him who is from God. That is so good. So John 14, 12. So we're going to pull this one up really quick. So most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, that the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. I love this verse, greater works. We will do the things that Jesus did, but greater works will we do. Do you guys ever stop and just meditate around in that place to think about what that would look like? I believe, actually, that in our time with the Lord, that we need to see things with the Lord. I imagine myself doing things, and I actually believe my imagination's been given to me from God, and an imagination can be used for good or evil, but in this remind renewal process, it's a beautiful thing. So literally, um, Kent gave me this advice a long time ago. He's like, begin to see yourself doing it. So I literally began to do that when it comes to interacting with people. I literally said to the Lord, I want to see myself doing this. If Jesus is laying hands on somebody and they're, they are full of leprosy, that he's laying hands on them and then they're healed. This dead body that's right now and like dead and life out of it that I'm praying right now and life is coming up in Jesus' name. That where I see captivity up on people, that I literally see myself going, oh, I know the solution. <laughs> I know who gave me the keys And now I'm going to use the keys, and I'm going to begin to speak deliverance and freedom into their life. And I'm going to see them walk out and walk free. I picture this. I picture praying over people, hearing words of knowledge from the Lord. And then, honestly, in this time in community with the Holy Spirit, then he gives me literal things. And I'm like, well, thank you, Jesus. This went from me imagining myself doing that to actually doing that. And that's what we actually need to move into. 
So thank you, Jesus. So the greater works. Okay, so Liz is going to come up and we're going to do this. We're going to boogie through this really quick. <laughs> Maybe make Liz run. I didn't really mean to make her run. Okay, so I want to give you a picture here for a minute. And we're going to, we are going to finish at 1145. Can everybody handle it? Yes, it's going to be good. Okay, look at my, what? I have a marker for you. This is my crazy handwriting, and Liz is going to give you something more beautiful. Oh, team effort. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so here, I want to give you this picture of a host and a guest, because we've been talking about this. And this is meant to stretch you, not to condemn you. Everybody say that. This is going to stretch me and not condemn me, because we are not in a spirit of condemnation. But it is good for us, especially in the body. We come. The word says that we come into the church to get trained and equipped for the work of the ministry. Okay? So some of this can feel a little bit like, whoa. But I'm going to ask you to go back to the Lord with these very things. And I want you to put on a mindset here for a second is, are you operating like a host or a guest? Okay? Here we go. So guests get involved in the plans. No, I'm sorry. A host gets involved. Redo. My, right from the get-go, guys. So a host, a host. A host gets involved in the plans. A guest attends. So they attend the thing that has been planned. A host has resources for the plans. The guest, they consume resources from the plans. A host welcomes and a guest waits to be welcomed. A host will allow the Lord to operate through them. The guest will allow the Lord to operate in them. And now let me say about this, we all wanna allow the Lord to operate in us, okay? The point I'm trying to make right there is are we positioned in a place of us just receiving or us giving out? what we have received, okay? A host speaks words to build others up. A guest waits for words to be spoken to them. Everybody doing okay? Okay. Does this stretch your thinking a little bit? <laughs> a host serves and a guest waits to be served. <laughs> They're awesome. Our teenagers are like half of the serving team at this church, and there is much less of them than there are all the adults. I'm just going to say. <laughs> okay? <laughs> they, they, they rock it out. Even during worship, they were doing things you didn't even know they were doing. Like all, all kinds of them. Abraham comes up to me and he's like, the internet went out. And I was like, well, let's fix it. And so then off we went. And, and it's all fixed. But they're like, it's, it's no problem. Like, we're just, I'm in it to win it. You know? And then they all learned in the whole thing. And they were like, oh, that's what we're going to do next time. Okay, awesome. They are powerful servers. I love our teenagers. They're awesome. And you know what? Because they're so awesome, I'm so excited. We are seeing mighty women and men of God Things, such mature things coming out of them. It's amazing. They teach me things. 
Brooke was teaching me things. I was trying to prepare some of this message on her. She didn't even know she was doing it. Brooke's like, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And I was like, that's real good. That's awesome. That's so good. Okay, so serves and waits to be served. Okay, views the church as essential. This is a host. Views the church as optional. Might be the guest. The host takes ownership, and the guest will view themselves as a visitor. The host plants. It's this kind of messy one right here, too. The host plants, and the guest will likely, I'll just say, doesn't put down roots. The host invites people into their space, and the guest waits to be invited. And here's the last one I want to hit for just the last few minutes here. Invites people, okay, then compels. We did the invites, people waits to be invited, yes. Okay, so compels the host, compels people to come in and the guest is the one coming in. We all have things that we could say, I have things that I can say right here on these two sides where I'm like, oh, operating more like a guest. <laughs> and I actually want to operate like a host. And so this could be some picture, practically speaking, of some things just in the church, but I will tell you it's a greater picture of just a lifestyle of hospitality to the Lord and hosting his presence. There's a greater picture here where the Lord is actually saying, will you position yourself to host my presence and let me operate in you to be able to operate through you? And it's stretching. It's stretching to literally be the one. Like, I mean, there's so many things that we can look at on there. But start with very practical things would be my challenge to you. And ask the Lord, in this body, if this is the place that you're called to, and this is your tribe, and this is your family, then I'm going to say to you, ask the Lord to help reposition you in any area in here to be able to say, I'm going to move from a guest mentality to a place of authority and ownership of hosting the presence of God, and I'm going to walk that out before people. This is true over every single area of our life. Do you know when I'm in the hospital, I act like a host. <laughs> I am not the boss. There is a difference here also. Let me just say that. I, I am not the boss in that place, but when I am here, I get involved in plans for the day. I bring resources to be able to make the plans happen. I will welcome people. I'll let the Lord operate through me. I'll let the, word, the Lord speak words from me into other people's lives. I serve them. And here, just views the church as essential. Who is the church? So this is even a picture that wherever we are, that I'm saying this is an essential picture. This is, this is not an option. I have said to people who are like lone wolfing it. Is that a word, wolfing it? They're like a lone wolf, that they're just out kind of on their own. And I'm like, oh, man, but there's so much power in numbers. <laughs> I'm like, if you would get into a church that is ministering the gospel truth and that is building you up and edifying you and equipping you so that you actually can reposition yourself to be effective wherever you are going in life. 
So I view the church everywhere, me, as essential. This is not an option. Okay? Takes ownership. I'm, I'm just giving you the hospital picture for just a minute so you can see that. Takes ownership. I take ownership of what's going on in my patient room. I do. I'm like, well, I mean, somebody else was here the 12 hours before, but I am now. I've literally had people give me bad reports on patients. And I'm like, well, thank you, Jesus. I'm here. I'm going to give a good report. Good report time. Because I am hosting the presence of God. Yes? Like, we can do that. We can just turn things around. Um, so it takes ownership. So plants doesn't put down roots. This might sound interesting to you, to actually think about the idea of planting and setting your feet into a steadfastness. That's some of that picture that I think of when I think of planting. Is like, I am here. I am in it. I am a part of it. I'm not doing like, oh, one foot out the door, one foot out the door. What time is it? Seven o'clock yet? Seven o'clock yet? Seven o'clock yet? Seven o'clock yet? Like I'm already out the door. I literally, even going into work, I plant myself into that place for the thing that the Lord is asking me to do in that place. And I'm going to finish up whatever it is that I need to do in that place for that moment, for that time, and for that day. This goes into a much bigger picture of planting yourself into the body of Christ. We can put that one on. Invites people into their space and compels people to actually come in. Here's something I want to say to you right here. So let's go to, um, you start getting ready, Elijah, Luke 14, 15 through 24. You guys doing okay? I got five minutes. Okay, so I'm going to read a verse to you in John 12, 32. And then Elijah's going to pull up Luke 14. In John 12, 32, it says, And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. I understand compels them to come in. There's a picture of compelling the world to come in to the things of God, to come into this place where his presence is hosted, because it is his plan to draw all men unto him. He says that, and the Lord uses us to draw people. As we host his presence, he uses us to draw people to him. And so I literally think about that even when I'm in the hospital. I've, you know, I've prayed for addicts. Like, we go through that song even. I've seen people set free from things. It's such a beautiful thing. But I look at this and compels people to come in. I literally believe that, that wherever I am, that I'm literally saying, the Lord is drawing you unto him. Let me do my part to compel you. You need him. <laughs> he wants you. Jesus is the solution and the answer. This thing that is broken and out of order and hurting like over here, Jesus has what you need. He died for you. You don't have to clean yourself up to come and have what he has. He will do that process in you. He says, just accept me, just receive me. Like I talk to people in that way, right? In like a hospital bed. It just doesn't matter. Wherever we are, will we let the compelling thing of God actually work through us into the lives of other people? I want that. I want to say, compel people to come into what God has for them, but also the picture of the church, to compel them to come in. We have had prophesied over us that we are a place of safety, preservation, and ark. And actually, Jamie had a dream recently, and the only things I'm going to say about it is there was a picture of that happening, and then there was a picture of the people going. That both things were happening at the same time. And you guys, there is a time and a season, like here on a Sunday morning, beautiful thing, time and a season for us to actually grow and absorb and hear the things of God and function together as a body in the way that the Lord has intended it. 
but this is going to be strong. Don't use the church as a hiding place. He is our hiding place. We are called to be activated and to go out into a world and compel people to come in. And when they do, can you at least in the church say, I'm going to host. I'm going to host because I am a born again child of God and I have the presence of God on me. And when people come in these doors, I'm going to host the presence of God so well so that they can receive what they need to from the Lord. But this is an action all over the place for us. And so we need to move. We need to level up because <laughs> there is much more going that needs to happen than what the church is actually doing right now. Going actually needs to happen. It needs to be an everyday lifestyle that we are doing. And there's a compelling that he's doing of drawing people unto him because he holds the solution. It has nothing to do with us. Let me just say that right there. The drawing, if you are not pointing people to Jesus, careful here. <laughs> if you are not pointing people to Jesus and you're doing all kinds of solutions to them in their life that don't have anything to do with Jesus, careful there. Because that's where it gets messy, where you draw people to yourself. And I will tell you, it is the Spirit of God on the inside of you that is drawing people to him, to him being the solution. Talk about Jesus. I love it. Miss Pat, I was sitting at a table with her the other night, and we were in 301. And man, Miss Pat, she's just like, Jesus. Like something to travel along in conversation, she's like, Jesus. And then something a little bit over here, and she's like, Jesus, still Jesus. She kept telling me, Jesus. She's like, because he is the solution, and I know it. And so that's the thing that I'm going to say to you. So I just love that. He is the solution. Okay, here's the thing I want to read to you real quick here. So this is out of Luke 14, 15 through 24. And we're actually going to end here. Now, one of those who sat at the table, so Jesus is telling a parable here, okay? So now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said to them, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come, for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. I just have to stop right there really quick. <laughs> and I would just like to say, we have talked a lot about one accord in the church and about being in one accord. And you can see this. You guys can go back through Acts and you can read about what happened in the upper room when the people were in one accord. And we love to talk about being one accord. This is going to crack you up right here, okay? So literally, but they are all in one accord and begin to make excuses in their one accordness of excuses. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Okay, so the first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. That is so random to me. Okay, go to the next verse. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them. Oh, okay. I mean, we couldn't do it a different time. I ask you to have me excused. This one's the best. Go to the next one. Still another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. <laughs> I'm like, don't make excuses because you married me, okay? I mean, that... This is ridiculous to me. Okay, so keep going here. So that servant came and reported these things to the master. I can just imagine what the master is thinking. Okay, so picture ourselves a little bit here. 
Don't be a part of that one accordness of excuses. Because look at the master's heart and what he wanted to unfold. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to the servant, Go out and quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. I love that. Whatever all the needs are, look at what's still happening here. The servant's literally saying there is still room. So go on. And then the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and the hedges and do what? And compel them to come in that my house may be filled. I love that so much. Go ahead and go to the next verse. For I have said to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste of my supper. I love this right here. There is a picture of our part. We understand this invitation that the Lord has for us to come and to dine with him. But there is an invitation here in this story. Then he literally tells the servant, compel them. Whatever you have, to me, when I think of compelling, I mean, I mean it unto the Lord, but whatever you have to do. And I will tell you the thing when we go back to scripture and Jesus says, the works that I have done, you will do and even greater works. This so much of the heart, Lord's heart right there in that statement right there. For us to ask the Lord, what is it that you want me to do? Because I'm saying yes to you. I'm going to host your presence. You're going to work in me and you're going to work through me. And I'm going to compel people to actually come in and to receive, Father, what it is you have for them. This is the action part on our part to actually turn around. Have you guys heard the statement? Somebody posted, I think, on our live or on our um, stuff this week. I, I have an encounter to become an encounter. So I have encountered the presence of God to therefore turn around and say that I will become an encounter for somebody else, okay? So I want to leave you with this last little piece right here. I love the idea of hosting the presence of God. And, you know, I know I was just totally supposed to talk about hospitality, but to me, this is it. This is it. Like, doors opening, whatever the problem is, whatever the mess is. Like, I'm just saying, yes, I'll serve you. I'll speak the word of God to you. I'll pray over you and whatever, all of it. I'm opening my life up. This is like full hospitality to me to say, I will just open my life up. So I wanted to read this last little paragraph to you, and then we're done. So um, I prayed and I asked the Lord. Some people have heard me talk about, like, treasure hunting. And in treasure hunting, the thought is, and this is where I think you could go with compelling, is to pray in the Holy Spirit and ask for words of knowledge about people and situations and then go to them. It's no more complicated to that than that. The, the language of treasure hunting is literally means there is treasure out there <laughs> and I'm going to go hunt it out. How about that? <laughs> like the Lord sees us as treasure. And so he literally wants people to know that he sees them that way. And so when we think of being a treasure hunter, we're going to go unearth the gold that is there. So I love this picture. So I did this. I prayed in the spirit. This was one of my first like treasure hunting encounters. I prayed in the spirit and I asked the Lord, like, just begin to show me things. These are the words the Lord gave me. Don't write any of this down. Just listen to what I'm saying. He said, uh, Dave, blonde, younger, blue shirt, cancer, black backpack. I was like, boom, 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 boom. And I was like, okay, well, there it all is. So I drove around town. I didn't even know where I was going. I end up parking in Walgreens. Just as I was driving around, I was praying in the spirit, and I asked the Lord. I parked at Walgreens, 
And here's what I ended up writing after the encounter. I sat at Walgreens. A young mom went in with two little boys. They had on blue shirts. The mom had a black backpack. I did not confront her at that point. I, wa I waited for an hour for them to come back out. Like, I don't even know who stays in Walgreens for an hour. I don't even know how to do that, but she did. And so she stayed in Walgreens for an hour. So literally, I waited for an hour for them to come back out. I approached the mom, and I began to ask some things about the name. A son's middle name was actually David. Um, the grandfather was David. The mom had had cancer. Like, this came out like this of her immediately. This was not me fishing for information. It was just in communication. This is the stuff was, like, rolling out of her. And I was like, this is awesome, once I got past the name part. So the mom had had cancer. She was now like in remission from that. That's awesome. She said she was, and here we go. Here's where the treasure comes in. So the Lord had given me all of these things about her, and I was just trusting him that that was the person I was going to go look for, but I didn't know exactly what he wanted me to do. She begins to tell me in the Walgreens parking lot that she is an addict. I told her that the Lord sent me to her. And she wept, and she said that the night before, her and her boyfriend were talking about God, and she accepted Christ on the spot. Isn't that fun? I love that. And so I'm just going to say to you guys that in this compelling of things, the Lord wants us to level up. And he wants us to host his presence in such a way before men that he literally can minister in us and right through us, whatever it is that they need. That's the place we stand in as hosts of the presence of God, whatever it is that they need. So I challenge you with that too. This is called treasure hunting. So I'm just telling you, take it on. Just make and set, set aside some time and say, I'm going to pray in the spirit and I'm going to ask the Lord to go and show me. If it's before you're going into a store, if it's before you're going into work, I do this before I go into the hospital. I'll do it in the middle of my day in the hospital. I'll be like, so who needs to hear what? And here's the thing. This was, what was so different about this is this was a divine encounter for her. She already, her and her boyfriend had already been weeping and talking about the Lord the night before because they wanted free. They wanted free. Well, she encountered the one who sets everyone free. And I love that. And how personal for him. This is the same. Absolutely for all of us. This is the Lord's heart. He has the plans that we encounter to be an encounter. Freely we have received, so freely we give. And you know, if you look up that verse right before it, it's literally talking about all the sicknesses and things that are going on. And then it says, freely you have received, so freely give. Jesus has all of the plan for us. Hallelujah. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit ociperryville.com.